every entrepreneur has a story. Welcome to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, where each episode, your host, Brian Carney, will share a drink with a successful business owner and have them discuss their unique journey, gaining insight on what it takes to be an entrepreneur and different ways to get there. Brian isn't just a beer nerd, he's also the co-founder of River's Edge Advisors, a financial planning firm headquartered in Delaware, specializing in working with business owners. It's time to pour yourself a drink and enjoy a happy half hour with an entrepreneur. My guest today is Carl Gerigi from Platinum Dining Group. Anytime an entrepreneur starts a business, there is inherent risk. And some have said there's no greater risk in business than opening a restaurant. In 1996, Carl and his wife, Lisa, opened their first restaurant, Eclipse Bistro. Since then, Platinum Dining Group has grown to be one of the premier restaurant and hospitality groups in the entire Mid-Atlantic region with over 400 employees, six total restaurants, an event catering company, and a fine goods retail market. For our conversation, I'm going to be drinking a Stone Delicious IPA. It's a citrusy IPA with lemon drop and El Dorado hops. Carl's going to be drinking an Isole Olena Chianti Classico. And with that, Welcome, Carl. Cheers. Cheers, Brian. Good to be with you. Thanks for coming on. I'm looking forward to our conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk. Let's start uh, with the, with the easy. Tell me. Tell me a little bit about your business and how you got started in it. So, as you mentioned, Platinum Dining Group is uh, is the is the formal name of our our company, and uh, we we have six locations, as you mentioned, and over 400 employees. Um, and it, it really, it got started um, in 1985 when I got a job as a busboy uh, at Hyatt Hotel in Cherry Hill, New Jersey, which was a really nice hotel close to the town I grew up in. So I've pretty much been a lifer um, in this business. And although I entertained other uh, career paths throughout my high school and college years, um, I always worked in this industry and just grew to love it. So um, in 1996, when we, we opened Eclipse, uh, that was the beginning of, of what we have now. So did you always set out to own multiple restaurants as when, or when you opened Eclipse, did you think that was the you were going to be one and done? You know, I never saw myself sitting here today presiding over the company. Certainly not 25 years ago when we opened Eclipse. The goal was... I. I think I was, I probably was about 21 when it really, from the time I was 16, 17, I really liked the industry. I loved working with the public and I loved, you know, taking care of people. I, I genuinely enjoyed making people happy. Yeah. And I think that's a key component to any hospitality professional is your willingness to make the guests happy. So I always had that but probably by the time I was 21, 22, on the cusp of graduating college and contemplating career choices, I was really drawn to this, to this industry. So I, I think it was right around then when I said to myself, you know, I think I want to own a restaurant someday. Interesting. And of course, at that time, you know, all I had was, you know, energy and ambition because I was still kind of stupid and still kind of poor and <laughs> didn't have a whole lot of resources. So I really just made, set this crazy, crazy goal for myself was I want to have my own restaurant by the time I'm 30. And that was an honest goal. And my friends have heard me say that. My, my wife, when I first met her, heard me say that. 
um, when I first started dating her. And, and that was the goal to have a restaurant by the time I was 30. And in 1996, when we opened Eclipse, I was 29 years old. That's awesome. I love hearing stories like that. Um, yeah, so- it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was definitely in the back of my mind as, okay, I did it now, you know, how am I going to make this thing work? And we're going to go from here. <laughs> I literally at the time had no idea, but, yeah. uh, but at least step one was achieved. Yeah, but, right. So uh, you said you started with Lisa and you guys work together still. Um, how has, you know, some people say they'd have a difficult time working with their wife every day. How, how do you, how do you guys feel about that? You know, so Lisa and I, it really, she, um, she wasn't working in the restaurant when we first opened Eclipse. Obviously, when you take on debt for a business, your wife is your partner, you know, because she 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 is half of, of you. So um, from that sense, she was a business partner in paper, but she had had her own business. And, and I'll, I'll paint a quick picture for you. And in 1996, in December of 1996, um, our son, Alec, who is 26 now, was two at the time. Okay. And Lisa was eight months pregnant with our daughter, wow. who, just, who just had her 24th birthday yesterday. Happy birthday. So, so I am out of a job, right? I mean, I've got no job. <laughs> I'm 29. I'm married. I've got a two-year-old kid who's, who's you know going through his terrible twos. My wife is eight months pregnant and wow, let me just open a restaurant. Right. So what a dumb idea it was at the time. But, um, but Lisa was running her own business, but she was helping out. Right. She was helping with the administrative and just about everything that um, I couldn't get to, she would pitch in and help. And then probably after about a year of Eclipse, after a year after Eclipse opened, um, we, we, we had that hard conversation, like, listen, we could be on to something here. I need you. The business needs you. Um, and you know, maybe you should, you know, get rid of your other business, just close it up and join forces. So from that point on, um, she's, she's been as involved as I have. And, um, I'll tell you what, it's been great. It really, and, and, That's awesome. you know, it, and, and, and people might say, well, what do you mean? It's been great, but it's truly been great. We've been married 28 years and we've been business partners for 25. Yeah. And I think what makes it work, Brian, is we have clear role defined roles within the company and we have enough respect for one another where we don't cross over those. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't cross my wife. In general, so. <laughs> that's good. That's a good strategy to live life. It's by. always good. Strategy, right? <laughs> you know, you don't go to bed mad at each other and yeah. that type of stuff. Um, but, you know, she understands it, that, that this is my passion and what I've done my just about my entire adult life. Um, and she brings a lot of value to the table and kind of, you know, handles things that I don't necessarily want to, or quite frankly, can't. Yeah. Um, and then, and then she allows me to kind of take care of the business and the operations and that type of stuff. That's awesome. That's great to hear. And so let's dig into that a little bit. So we always, most entrepreneurs, they find that they don't really experience significant amount of growth and growth until they get to spend their time 
really doing their unique ability and the thing that they really a like to do and are really good at. So you said that you and Lisa have two distinct roles. What's your role and what's her role as far as the business is concerned? So Lisa hand, Lisa runs the office. Lisa is, you know, behind every good man is a strong woman. I mean, that is really our situation personified. She doesn't seek the limelight. She's not interested in doing interviews and things of that nature, but she is the glue that keeps it together. She handles all the administrative stuff. Right. She takes care of all the employee issues. She runs we, we now have an office, um, which which has five employees that work in it every day. So she oversees that. She's also our, our company photographer. Oh, wow. She has taught, yep, she has taught herself how to be an exceptional photographer. So all of the photos that you see on Instagram or on our websites or social media, 99% of them have been taken by Lisa. She helps a lot in the marketing aspect of it. Um, she has, she runs our retail market. So she oversees all that and works directly with sourcing those products and doing the marketing and the promotion regarding those products. Um, and her job has evolved as we've grown as a company, she's taken on more and more responsibility. My role is strictly, I, I handle all the business deals. I deal with all the, the, the lenders, the bankers, the lawyers, um, in, in terms of getting, you know, real estate acquisition, getting the deals done. But my primary role each and every day is operations, yeah. the, the, the complete function of the restaurants and what they do as far as servicing our guests. And, and that, and that includes, you know, hiring and, and training our chefs and our managers and giving them direction and keeping, you know, everybody on the same page and, um, and kind of, you know, motivating them and holding them accountable to do their job, to take yeah. care of our, 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 our guests. I mean, on any given week, we're, we're feeding five, 6,000 people. So that requires a lot of organization and people on the same page type of a thing. Yeah. Well, have you always been into, so from the, from the food side of things, you know, it seems like you're, you're creating the culture, you're creating the culture that helps provide an excellent uh, experience to your, to your uh, patrons. But, um, you know, from a standpoint of the food, do you know how to cook? Are you, and are, how much input do you have on the menu and, and what gets, what gets served to to your, uh, to your customers? My chefs would tell you I have way too much input. (laughs) (laughs) And, and, and I'm a royal pain in the ass. I drive them crazy. And I am, you know, a creative roadblock and, you know, I don't understand and, you know, please just let me cook what I want to cook. And, oh yeah, it's, uh, it's my, my, my chefs would, would, would be happy to give you that answer, but truth be told. And, uh, one of the, one of the most valuable things I learned early on. And I mean, when I say early on, I learned this maybe in my early twenties, was if you're going to open a business like a restaurant, and I can't really speak to other industries, but if you're going to open a business like a restaurant that is so many moving parts on any given day, at any given hour, on any given minute, quite frankly, um, and so much of your restaurant's success and the consumer's happiness depends 
on those parts working, right? It's like a gear chain, right? You have these, these gears that are going, they have to constantly be interlocking. And if you miss one, find them, grind them, right? Yep. The car goes off the road, right? So um, one of the most valuable things I learned was I need to learn how to do everything. Yeah. I had to be able to do everything on multiple levels. One, to have a firm understanding of it. Two, I really knew at a young age that I could manage people better if I knew what their trials and tribulations were, Makes what, sense. what what they were going through and, and you know, the, the, the challenges that they would, you know, come across during, the, you know, their, their, their daily work experience. So literally everything from busing to food running to bartending to serving to managing and to cooking so to answer your question i spent about two of my six years at hyatt hotels in kitchens i spent uh, a good amount of my own money taking um postgraduate courses at the culinary institute of america in hyde park that's great which um i did on my own time yeah and then when we opened eclipse Back then, we were open six days a week. We were closed on Sundays. Um, I had no chef. I had no manager. So I literally was the chef cooking every single day uh, for the first two years. Wow. So, yeah. So, which is funny because a lot of my chefs that work with me now, they, they don't, they, they certainly didn't experience that with me. Right. They, some of them don't even know it. <laughs> and when we get into these conversations, some of my long-term employees who've been with me 25 years will turn to the chef and say, you realize he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> so, um, so yes, I can cook. Um, I understand how food works. I haven't been in the kitchen, obviously, in, in quite some time on a daily basis. But it does allow me to speak chef talk when I'm working on menus. Yeah. Um, and what I try to do, Brian, I really I, I, I'm a big believer in empowerment. I'm a big, big believer in giving employees, you know, the autonomy to make decisions, to feel that sense of ownership. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I'm not interested in being a benevolent dictator. I'm not, I'm really not interested in that. I want inclusion and I, and I, and I, and I want to hear their feet. Now, if some of their ideas are way offline, then, then I step in, but my goal with menus and food and recipes is to allow the chef to do their thing. And if they're on point, I let it stay on point. If they've strayed off, I kind of bring them back in. I'll change the dish. I'll adjust it, but I'll, I'll explain to them why. And more often than not, even if they're upset, I'll get a text or an email an hour later saying, thanks boss. I, I understand what you're saying. I agree with you and you know, and I'm ready to go. So I advise on the menus. I give them guidance. Um, but it's, it's not without a lot of input from the chefs because at the end of the day, the more um, involvement they have in it, the more ownership they feel, hopefully the more pride they take when it comes time to execute. Well, that's a sign of a great leader and a great owner to be able to empower someone enough to make a decision, step in when you have to, but really let them take a shot and see what's going to happen. And Absolutely. I think uh, secondary to that, I think some business owners and some leaders, they, their ego doesn't allow that. They want things to go their way. So I think that is a 
compliment to you and be able to take a step back from yourself and say, Hey, you know, I think this chef knows exactly what he's doing. We can, we can let, let this go. And I've had a lot of chefs that have done that. I mean, I'm not interested in being right. I'm interested in getting it right. It's great. And I love you have that. to, you know, yeah. And we talk about that. We talk about checking our egos at the door. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows I'm the owner. I don't need to announce it and display it and demonstrate it every single day. <laughs> right. right. You know, at the end of the day, if I said, put this dish on, I know I have the ability, the authority to do that, but that doesn't encourage growth. That doesn't encourage, you know, and it certainly doesn't build loyalty. Sure. And, 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 it, and it does, you know, and, you know, in our business, you know, our, our, what we try to do is, is, is create that employee loyalty because ultimately that builds consistency. Yeah. And in our business, that make or breaks a restaurant is that consistency. There's a reason why McDonald's is the largest restaurant group in the world. Yep. And that's because whether you like it or not, a Big Mac takes the same in Akron, Ohio, as it does in Okinawa, Japan. <laughs> it's a great point. It's and it's consistency. Point. So um, in our business, we build consistency by having, you know, repetition and repetition being done by the, the same personnel. Yeah. So I understand that my goal and key to success is having employees that believe in our mission, that believe in what, you know, our goals are, but also feel like it's not just being dictated to them, that they have been a part of the process. Yeah, that, that's huge. And it goes back to the ownership thing. If they feel they've been a part of the process, they feel they own it, then they can really buy into it. Then you get their buy-in and that creates a fantastic experience. Absolutely. And, you know, and you need to be able as an owner, and you mentioned earlier, you know, sometimes owners egos get in the way and I've seen it so many times. Oh, this is my restaurant. Right. Do it my way. I don't know if I've ever said that to be perfectly honest with you. Um, I, I just, I just feel like when you have employees that are a part of that, you just, you check your ego at the door and you know, if, if there's been situations where I've been wrong or if I've been misjudged or if I misjudged, I tell them that, Hey, that's on me. Yep. That's on me. That's my, that's, that's my bad. That's my mistake. And when you do that and show that vulnerability to me, I think that's a tremendous display of leadership. Totally agree with you. Yep. I totally, so many people won't admit that they're wrong. They'll just, I, I love your, what you said you're about getting it right. Not being right. That's huge. I love it. Yeah. And I think that's something that, uh, you know, has certainly proved successful for us. And and I've heard, you know, some of my senior executives, you know, my directors of operation, my corporate chef, I've, I've heard them say that at times in their own meetings. And I just yeah. kind of smile to myself like, yeah, yeah, that that's they great. Get it. <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. So cool. your industry is interesting in the instant review online review that goes on now so i don't the yelpers know, the yelpers I, I, do you know do you know the comedian sebastian maniscalco he's the best that bit he has about yelp where he goes I, it's tattling now you know i just say oh the salmon sucked <laughs> and we're not going there again so uh, <laughs> which i think is so funny because the people that do take the time will sometimes absolutely shred a, a restaurant or, and the entire experience. So recently one of your newer restaurants had, had some feedback on, I guess it was Yelp. And 
instead of you just sort of tossing away, you actually listened to it. T- talk a little bit about that whole process and how that went down. Yeah, I, I did. I did. It, in general, social media and these um, these uh, unregulated uh, feedback <laughs> websites, you know, yeah. um, you know, TripAdvisor, you know, not to give them a plug, right? But TripAdvisor, Yelp, and and all these places. Um, I, I do believe that they can serve a common good in our industry. I, I, I really do, because if you're a good restaurant, then word about your 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 uh, your quality can get out faster. Right. And if you're a restaurant that's not so good, you know, that can certainly work against you. So that's going to do one of two things. It's either going, you're going to either ignore it and, and it'll, you know, you, you could possibly go out of business or you can listen to it and it can maybe help you to initiate change in the right direction. Yeah. So uh, what you're referring to is, is one of two restaurants that we opened almost simultaneously about a year and a half ago. We opened our Mexican concept. El Camino, and we opened our our second location of one of our Italian concepts, Taverna, and we opened them in about a three month period of time. So, opening one restaurant's crazy; opening two is probably just complete lunacy. <laughs> but uh, I decided that we would give it a shot. So, when we opened El Camino, you're absolutely right. We 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 took a beating, and that was really unusual for us because. You know, that was 2018 and we had been serving Northern Delaware since 1996. So for 22 years and four restaurants at that point, we had experienced a lot of love. Sure. A lot of support. (laughs) We were very well received and we were, you know, we were considered good, solid restaurants. And we always had an excellent relationship with the media, our local media. Yeah. So. When we started getting some negative feedback, um, it, it stung, it hurt, and it, it, it kind of really forced me to take a look. But I can tell you this, Brian, in all honesty, never once, not one time, did I say about any comment, whether it was on Yelp or whether it was in person or whether it was over the phone or through an email or through a text, right? There's a million ways that people can tell you you suck, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, but never once did I discard it or say, oh, they don't know what they're talking about or they don't understand. I listened and I, and I, and I sifted through it. Now there were some that were just outright mean that were sure. just very, very malicious in their intent. Yeah. And you kind of have to sift through that. But if, Two reviews said, hey, you know, the guacamole is bland and I go and I taste it and I'm being honest with myself and it is bland. Yeah. And they're right. Sure. Yeah. And we need to fix this if we want to continue to be successful. So I used the guacamole in this example of many things that were going on when we initially opened that restaurant. But uh, after about six months. Um, I made a change in the kitchen and we completely redid our recipes, redid our menus, redid our tasting. And I actually solicited friends 
and customers to come into the restaurant for honest tastings and for honest feedback. Um, and I continued to encourage our customers, and some of which were brand new to Platinum Dining Group, because right. even though we were still in Newcastle County, we were in a, a in northern Wilmington, so it was kind of a new geographical area. Right. And a lot of people were just being introduced to our brand and our product. So uh, it, it, it took some, some, some doing to kind of attempt um, to, to change people's minds. But I was bound and determined. And I had a lot of meetings with my, my team. And I said, we are going to make this restaurant work. We're going to listen to our guests. We are not going to be offended by it. And we're going to react to it. And, uh, and, 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 and that's exactly what I did. Um, and then when it was all done, I, I contacted the media and I said, you know, come on in and tell us what you think now. Yeah. And that could be considered maybe a little reckless. Maybe you're asking for more punishment. Yeah. But I really believed in the changes we made and I felt like listening was the right thing to do. And, um, you know, it's, it's, I wouldn't say it was a bruise to my ego um, because I, we put a lot of work into that restaurant. Um, but it was, it was something that, you know, you had to look in the mirror every day and say, they're right. Yeah. Well, and as I mentioned to you earlier, I'm not interested in being right. I just want to get it right. So we, we made those changes and, uh, and I'll be honest with you, the business since then has, has, has been, has been fantastic. It's kind of interesting that it, uh, that's a blessing in disguise Yelp in this instance, where sometimes people go, oh, these people don't know what they're talking about. You actually stopped and said, this is great feedback that we're getting. Let me actually listen to these people. And that, again, that's taking your ego aside. It, you know, so bruise ego. Well, I have this concept or I have this, these recipes and they're not reviewing well. So what do I do? And you did a full transition to, to get it back on top, which is incredible. And while that was happening, we saw our customer counts dropping and we saw our sales revenue dropping. And it's interesting because 25 years ago, when I opened Eclipse, we had um, what we called a phone book back then. Yeah. <laughs> right. It was this four inch thick of paper thin sheets of paper with phone numbers of every single <laughs> residence and, and business in, in, this, in Wilmington. Right. I remember so those back then you know, a listing for Eclipse restaurant was just a singular listing. And for an extra $5 a month, you could get a black bold face outline around your restaurant. And that was a big business decision back then. Do we <laughs> want to invest? Right. So if this would have happened 25 years ago, I would have been standing out in front of Eclipse wondering what did we do wrong? Where is where everyone? Where did we go wrong? And yeah. where is everyone? Yeah. Right. That's, that's interesting. I, and, and, and then, and now what do I do? Do I get a bugle horn? Do I rent a truck and drive around town with a billboard? Yeah. How do I, how, how do I get word out that we've changed our recipes? We've changed, but Yelp as, as challenging as it can be with some of the negativity in this situation, it told us what was wrong. We just needed to do our job and listen and be willing to listen. And, 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 and that's what I did. And that's what I instructed my team to do. And, and like you just said, and that's a great point. It, it was, I've never heard it put that way, blessing in disguise, but sitting here today, 
yeah, you're right. It was a blessing in disguise. Yeah, that's that's a great lesson that everyone yeah. has. So I, I would I would be uh, remiss if I didn't ask the owner of six restaurants how the pandemic has affected you. So no industry has been decimated more by this pandemic that, than yours. And you've used your platform and through the Delaware Restaurant Association to to really try to shine a light on this and how severe and how heavily impacted your industry is. How has this whole pandemic been and how what's the toll it's taken on on you personally and, and your businesses? Can I guzzle the bottom <laughs> of And then I can answer that? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that might be better. I, I thought this was going to be a happy half hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know it's it is difficult to see where there's some businesses that are just absolutely thriving through this pandemic. Some are unchanged going about their day, but, and you also have to deal with the political aspect of the rules that are being made can come across as arbitrary. Like you can't eat inside, but you could build an indoor tent outside and they could go in there. So it's gotta be incredibly frustrating. So I'd be interested to get your take on it. So this is, you know, I could take an hour answering this question, right? Yeah. I mean, I could take the rest of 2021, not only answering it, but try to understand it. But to kind of bring it all home and surmise my last 10 months, you know, the thing that I've said repeatedly is what this pandemic has done is 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 two things. It's affected people. It's affected everybody. Yep. It's affected everyone. For sure. But in two in two ways. There's some people who have been incredibly, incredibly inconvenienced by it. Mm-hmm. Okay. They're, they're still working. They're still getting a paycheck, but they're working at home. They have children at home and, you know, they may or may not be getting the education because of the homeschooling. Yep. Um, but they, they still have a job. They still have their home, their family's still intact. Um, maybe, you know, going to the uh, uh, a sporting event isn't isn't possible and you know um, little some other things canceled. yeah yeah and things are canceled so it, it's a big inconvenience but then there's some whose lives have been absolutely decimated yep um, dare I say destroyed okay and um, in regard to my industry it's again it's twofold. There's our big, big, big cities who are just, when I look at Philadelphia and New York and Chicago and Los Angeles and San Francisco and our bigger, bigger cities that are just really, you know, they're just completely destroyed right now. They really are. Mm -hmm. Um, We're in a little bit of a smaller market, right? We're in what they call, you know, a B market. so we don't have the impact like we had on a big, big that the big cities do, but we still have been incredibly, incredibly impacted. And on March 16th, when I was given three, and, and you, you mentioned the Delaware Restaurant Association. So I'm vice chairman of the association, right? Yep. And I think you, I think you knew that. Yep. Um, so th- that Friday, we started the Friday prior. So March 16th was a Monday. That that Friday, we started getting word of what might happen about the closures, but nothing was definite. Yeah. We didn't get the final word until two o'clock Monday afternoon. Wow. So 
And the word was close your businesses. And we don't know for how long at eight o'clock tonight. And if you're open past eight o'clock, not only will you be fined, but we will suspend your liquor license. So it was a threat. It was a threat. So I had six hours to round up 407 employees. Some were working, some weren't. I had product in my buildings. I had emotions running out the, uh, running everywhere. Um, I had employees that had been with me 20 plus years and I had to sit in a room and I had to tell them they didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know for how long. Yep. And I didn't know when they could return to their job. And I didn't know if, when it came time to return, if I would even have a job available for them. Yeah. And personally, I'm thinking to myself, is this the end? I've worked my ass off, not just for 25 years as an owner, but my journey began when I was 16. Yep. So, you know, tack 13 years. So 38 years I've been working to get to this point. Right. And uh, that was a dark day. I'm sure. Dark, dark day. And between then and June 1, when we reopened at a reduced capacity, I worked 10, 11 hours a day, every day. Yep. And people say, well, what'd you do? Your businesses were closed. Well, <laughs> I was, I was, I was, you know, processing 407 unemployment claims. I was finding out what was going on in the news and if there was going to be any federal or state help. I was on the phone with other owners. I was on the phone with other, um, uh, with our politicians. I was yeah. speaking to Governor Carney. I was speaking to Senator Coons. I was making phone calls to the, on behalf of the DRA. We had conference calls and, you know, and, and there was a range of emotions that went on there, right? So June 1, when we reopened, it was, okay, this, this, is, this is the baby crawl before we start walking and running again. Right. And it, it, it's, it's been an interesting journey since June 1. Um, I, I, I do see us progressing. I, I saw, you know, there's a lot of good that have, has come out of it, right? I'm a, I'm a glass half full type of guy. Absolutely. You know, I, I mean, and I know you are too, right, Brian? I Eternal think optimist. On, absolutely. Because yep. every entrepreneur by nature is, yep. right? Every Because if you weren't, then you wouldn't try to do what you're <laughs> right. trying to do. 100%. Yep. You know, so on June 1, I'm like, okay, you know, I gave him my Newt Rotney speech and this is what we're going to do and whatnot. So I've seen us progress and I saw the public response has been amazing. Yes. The support's been amazing. And, and I saw us rounding a corner in this, in the, in the fall. And, and, and then of course, you know, our governor kind of took us back on our capacity again. So it was a big step backwards. Yep. Um, but you know, I, 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 I think this pandemic has shown a, an evil side to a lot of things, but it has also shown, um, some, some good. And, and, and I do believe some good will come out of it. If I say one thing, I will tell you this, we've heard over and over again, we're all in this together. 
Yep. And and I, I I completely disagree with that. We are not all in this together. And that is part of my motivation on social media and speaking out and, and being what I feel as much of an activist as I can. Um, because some things just don't make sense. And um, when decisions are being made that completely benefit one industry and completely decimate another, how can you possibly say we're all in this together? We're not. Very true. It, it, you, yeah, I think you nailed it. I attended a couple of those Delaware Restaurant Association conference calls. And I want to say the one I attended in April, there was probably 65 restaurant owners on that. And the amount of anxiety you could just feel on a Zoom call was off the charts. And I think you hit on the the unknown of when is this going to be over? This happened all of a sudden, something completely out of your control with no end in sight. And this was before PPP had really been, you know, getting going. And there were some questions as to whether restaurants were even going to be able to use PPP funds. So it was a crazy time to see the anxiety that, that, Places I go to all the time, you know, experience. And these are real people. These are real lives that, that, that are being damaged through this whole issue. First two things I did the first week of March, prior to March 23rd, I applied for and took out an additional line of credit on my, my home, my residence. Yep. And the existing lines of credit that I had on all seven of my restaurant businesses, I applied to extend them. Yeah. That was the very first business move I made because at the time I said, whenever it comes time to reopen, whenever that is, we're going to need access to capital quickly. And I don't know if banks are just going to be lending. Of course, this is before PPP. Yeah, sure. But that was the, that was the first business move I made was to make sure that on a moment's notice, I had access to capital because I knew by closing our doors, whether it was for a month, two months, three months, six months, you know, there's, there's lenders to be paid. There's, there's um, uh, landlords to be paid. Utilities need to be, you know, there's certain things that still need to be paid yeah. to, to keep, to, to keep the lights off. Definitely. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, Um, so that was, that was something I did. And then when PPP came along, um, it's funny because the stipulations and there was a lot of scuttlebutt in on the Capitol Hill about this, but the, the original terms and conditions did not benefit our industry. No, they certainly did not. They did not. So I applied for PPP. I was given PPP and I received the funds and literally probably up to about March or May 24th. 5th or 26th, we weren't sure if they were going to extend the time frame yeah. and, and adjust the payroll requirement. Yep. Um, and even though we were going to be opening June 1, we still didn't know. And I was planning to move forward without it. And then when they changed it, well, that was a game changer. Yep. When they moved it from eight weeks to 24 weeks for be able to spend the money. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. It, so you being the also an eternal optimist, as we talked about. What are some of the positives that you see that have come out of it for you and for Platinum? So, well, um, number one, we learned how to pivot on a dime. Yeah. 
you know, resi- you know, restaurant tours are resilient by nature, right? Sure. Yep. You know, you, you give us a penny and we can find a way to stretch it. Right. Yep. So, but we just really, really challenged our ability to, to, uh, you know, be flexible and mobilize and change course immediately. Yep. So we, we, we did that. This, the second thing that I, I, I think it did was, it, it, it taught all of us to, I believe, be a little bit more tolerant of one another I in agree. general. And, and that's maybe less of an industry hospitality question, more of a humanity kind of comment. But I, I think um, it certainly has taught me to be a little bit more tolerant because everybody is handling this the best way they can some some are are handling it you know by being uber happy to to cover up their sadness some are being just straightforward sad some are excited some aren't excited some are working more some are working some are quiet about it some are talking about you know whatever the case may be some are really scared some really aren't you know i i think it's really taught us um taught me to 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 be really really tolerant but the biggest thing that this taught um, me and the good that came out of it is, and my daughter said this to me uh, probably about five months ago. It was probably towards the end of summer. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were just talking about things. And, you know, I, I, I've been in this a long time, right? I My restaurants survived the great recession of 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it's still going on. I yeah. don't know. But, you know, my restaurant survived that. My restaurant survived 9 11. Mm-hmm. And I remember those days. Um, and I was managing and working in, in Center City, Philadelphia when General Schwarzkopf invaded Iraq in 1991. And I remember what that was like. Yep. So we've been through a lot, but never anything quite like this. And I guess the, 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 the main thing that it kind of has taught me on the good, and again, it came from my daughter, is um, one day we were having lunch and I was just, I was, I was having a bad day. I was, I was pissed off. I was mad at everything. It was just a bad day. And she's listening to me burn off some steam. And finally, she just looked up um, at her wise old age of, 23 at the time. And she said, she said, dad, just think you get through this. Everything else will seem easy. Great point. And when that said, when she said that to me, it literally stopped me in my tracks. And I thought to myself, here I am bitching and complaining about what's going on. Yeah. And maybe this is just the ultimate mental, emotional, physical test to get ready for the greatest event of the rest of my life. It's incredible. You know? Yeah. So um, we have become more resourceful because of this. We have become mentally strong, even though we feel mentally weak right now. And there's times when we feel run down. It's, you know, the mind's a muscle too, and the brain's a mind. We're just, we're just, we're just, we're just making it stronger. So, um, and I've seen people come together in my industry yeah, in Delaware. I've seen through the Delaware Restaurant Association, I've seen restaurant owners and operators join together 
um, like I've never seen before. So um, th there is some good that's coming out of it. And I think will be long lasting. That's great. Yeah. D your daughter nailed it. That was perfect. Right. I mean, from the mouth of babes, I guess. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's great. You know? But she did. She just deadpan and said that to me. And I just thought, man, you 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 are right. It's like if you run a marathon every day for a month, yep. you know, you're probably really, really tired. But if on day 31 or the first day of the next month, you got to run two miles, that's a walk in the park. Exactly. It really is a great point. It, it's a great point. The, the last question I have for you, you have to go back in time and visit yourself when you're your daughter's age. So Carl in his fifties gets to go back in time and visit you, visit your Carl when he's 23. Yeah. What advice would you give to 20 to, to the 23 year old Carl? Go to law school. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great. Thank you very much. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome you know I'll, I'll tell you what I and I touched upon it um a, a little bit earlier about you know my my background and, and my upbringing and whatnot um you know I, I was a feisty kid I, I just I was a feisty kid and um I was a, I was a, a young adult that the world was against me and I felt like I had a lot to prove and um, any kind of conflict that was in front of me, I just, I just, I, I went, I, I responded, you know, physically and aggressively. Um, and, 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 and to a degree that, that has helped me, but it throughout my career and even in my personal life, but it, it's only truly, truly helped me when I realized how to control it and how to manage it. Yeah. So if, if, if I could tell my young self anything, you know, I would just say, listen, it's keep, keep working hard, keep being honest with yourself and others. Yep. And in times of conflict, just manage your way through it and use your energy to, to benefit the overall goal. And don't kind of just dump it all out on something or someone yeah. That, that at the end of the day, isn't going to really matter because, right. you know, none of us can control, you know, who we're born to, where we come from, you know, where we're, how we're raised. But, uh, you know, in, in, in those early years, you know, there was, there was, there was a lot of fight and it, it didn't really ultimately start to benefit me when I realized, you know, you don't, you don't have to be aggressive like that and you don't have to be, you know, um, always, always on edge. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's okay to kind of think your way through things. Right. Um, and I probably would save that, that 23 year old of a whole, a whole lot of aggravation. <laughs> and, yeah. so. That's good. I think that's great advice. Well, thank you so much for your time today. I really enjoyed our conversation. And if you'd like to learn more about Carl's business, Platinum Dining Group, please go to his website at PlatinumDiningGroup.com. Carl, thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Brian. Great to be with you. Thank you for listening to Happy Half Hour with an Entrepreneur, sponsored by Rivers Edge Advisors. For more information on how Rivers Edge Advisors can help you, visit their website at RiversEdgeAdvisors.com. 
If you'd like to connect with Brian Carney for business advice or just to share a beer, follow him on Instagram at riversedgeadvisors underscore LLC. 